Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey everybody, this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian Podcast. I am your host, Anna Hudak. So yeah, we definitely have a decent amount to get to today. Um, some definitely some things I want to talk about. Um, but yeah, before we kind of get to some of the, uh, you know, uh, more political type stuff going on, in the LGBT community, and you know, and today we're even going to talk a little bit of general politics just because I think this is a genuinely important story that we just need to talk about. Um, let's talk about uh, get some other stuff out of the way first. So, yeah, um, in my personal life, I kind of made of a bit of a change, um, decided to go vegetarian. Um, don't worry, this, I'm not gonna be. Go full on, you know, annoying, and be, be one of those annoying vegetarians whose sole personality is vegetarian, okay? My sole personality is being trans, okay? Being a vegetarian is not going to assert that, okay? Just, just, so don't, 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 don't be alarmed. Don't, do not turn off this podcast. Do not unsubscribe, okay? My, I, I swear to you, my sole personality is and always will be being trans, Okay? I will never have another personality other than that. <clears throat> so yes, but you know, um, you know, like I'm gonna be honest, I never really cared a whole lot for meat, you know, as I have like fried chicken, scrambled eggs, um, and ham, you know. Um can't even remember the last time I liked steak, you know. Um Beef has always been fine, you know. Hamburgers, fine. Tacos, that's like the one, that's a meat I actually really miss, you know. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna miss some eating taco, but honestly, that's about it, you know. Never was a huge meat fan, you know, like bacon, you know, like it's a big meme, like how great bacon is. Everybody loves bacon. It's just like, I never really have, you know, to be honest. Um, never understood the love for bacon. I mean, it was fine. I guess, even if you served it to me, you know, like, even if, you know, it was like a part of a meal, you know, there's a chance that, you know, if I didn't have to eat it, I probably wouldn't, you know, um, but yeah, um, never, never really, never really was much of a meat person, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's why I'm trans, because, you know, um, American manly, manly, manly men, you know, um, love, you know, or meat, you know, love or meat, you know, you gotta eat meat for, uh, three times a day, every day, you know, if you're a true American man, and, uh, maybe, you know, the fact I don't like meat is the reason why I'm trans, because I just didn't eat enough meat, who knows, um, I mean, it's, it's honestly crazy to me, just the fucking obsession that we have here in America with meat, especially for men. Like, I remember so many commercials, during, especially during football season, of men getting, like, uh, of like you know, like, veggie burgers and just how that's so abhorrent if you're a man. You know, if you're a man, you should never be eating veggies, you know? Um, you know, you shouldn't even be eating turkey burgers. You gotta eat beef, man. Eat that meat three times a day, you know? And it's just like... You know, it's just like, meat really is like what makes the makes the world, or should I say, America goes round. 
you know, and I just don't understand. I never even understood it even long before I um, was starting to, to decided to go vegetarian. Just like the fucking obsession we have with meat in this country, especially if you are a uh, Sai male at birth. I mean, it's honestly, it's it's honestly pretty insane. Like, you know, there's other food and other food that is actually healthier for you, you know? Like, just saying, uh, fruits and veggies are kind of healthier for you, you know? Like, I could pretend to just pretend that, you know, I'm like some big lover of, um, uh, fruits and veggies. I'm not, you know? Um, when I was a kid, you know, I was not a big, um, uh, fruits per and I was not a big fruit person by like my veggies now I'm older and I don't really care too much for my veggies either you know um you know like here's basically the fruits that I like strawberries bananas grapes and then I can eat blueberries inside of you know as like a blueberry coffee cake or a blueberry muffin you know but that's about it really if I can think of Apples. Forgot about that. Apples. I love apples, especially Honeycrisp and Gala, you know. Honeycrisp are the best, you know. I'll sip like a Gala apple or, you know, something like that. Or Granny Smith, as long as there's peanut butter with it, because I cannot eat Granny Smith by themselves. So it has to have peanut butter. I mean, I, I just prefer apples with peanut butter anyway, but, you know. Uh, cashew butter, even better. Okay? If you never had cashew butter, do yourself a favor. Get some cashew butter. I mean, I'm telling you, it's hard to go back to peanut butter after that, you know? Like, I still do eat peanut butter, but the entire time you're just like, it's just not cashew butter, though. But yeah, um, really good, you know? Uh, but yeah, you know, veggies, you know? Like, I used to love green beans, I used to like corn, you know? I used to, uh, like so many different things. Now it's just like... I can eat, like, three baby carrots. <laughs> I can eat broccoli as long as, you know, it's in a broccoli casserole or in a rice dish, you know, same thing with cauliflower, you know. Um, I can eat green beans as long as it's in a green bean casserole. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it's amazing. Like, how is a healthier, like... I cared more for healthy stuff as a kid, you know? I cared more for my greens as a kid than I do as an adult. So, like, it's kind of messed up when you think about it, but, yeah, so. Anyway, going vegetarian, you know, never, oh, and another thing is, like, I never cared for quinoa. And it's just, like, every fucking vegetarian, uh, and even vegan dish under the sun, like, requires quinoa. So, it's like, I guess I gotta learn to like it, you know? Um, but, yeah... <laughs> Um, I'm not going full vegan. I'm not quite ready to go that far yet, you know. But there is one vegan thing that I am kind of doing, which is I'm trying to cut out eggs. Like, whenever I eat eggs, I just can't get over the fact that I eat, that I'm stopped. That because of me, me spending my money, I have stopped a life from living. You know, like I'm eating dead chicken embryo. Just can't get over that. I'm sorry. Just. 
Like I would have to actively just try not to think at all. Because if I did, like while eating eggs, so I did think at all, then like I was gonna be about how I'm eating dead chicken embryo, you know? And that's, let's be honest, kind of disgusting. Uh, you know, it's just like, like in, in some sense, I'd even have to watch a YouTube video while doing it just to focus on that. Just because, like, I just can't. I just, ugh, gosh. But yeah, um, so decided to do that, you know, and it's been fun, you know. I'm looking up, you know, menus from uh, restaurants that I love, you know, seeing the vegetarian options, you know, um, at those places. You know, Red Robin, Don Chava's. You know, seeing what the vegetarian options it got. But yeah, so that's been fun. Um, been looking up recipes, you know. Uh, ooh, hope you didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, stuff was cleaning around in the background. But if you just in case you didn't hear, but you know, um, looking up vegetarian recipes. There's a few of them that mom is going to make with me so we can try out. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's kind of uh, something that's been kind of going on in my life. Um, so yeah, going vegetarian. Um, another thing I, if, 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 if I kind of had those, did that was fun um, was that I watched, uh, finally got to the, uh, got through all the way through season three of Star Trek The Next Generation, and by the time you're listening to this episode, my review for season three of Star Trek The Next Generation will be uploaded on my YouTube, so I'll, if I remember, if you, which you know means I'm not going to, um, I will try to remember to link to my review of it in the description, um, or show notes. Depending where you're watching this, because we remember we do now do uh, video versions of the podcast on YouTube, so you can watch me do this. Um, so yeah, if you're listening audio on the audio, you know show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, description. So, but yeah, uh, so yeah, and uh, Chrissy, now to for those who have watched season three of the Next Generation, uh, you know what the final episode is. And it is, uh, of course, the best of both worlds. Probably the most famous episode in Star Trek history. And as I found out, for good reason. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, basically, there's this uh, villains called the Borg, which are one big hive mind. You know, they assimilate people into it and become one big hive mind. So they, like, know everything, you know. They know everything they're going to do before you do it, you know. And for catchphrase, you know, is basically, resistance is futile, you will be assimilated. And let's be honest, yes, uh, resistance is futile, and you're going to be assimilated, you know. Um, I mean, they've assimilated pretty much everybody in the quadrants of the galaxy, so. Um, but yeah, so, there was that, you know, uh, um, watching uh, Picard get assimilated into the Borg. You know, so, like, I like I thought I was watching the original version, you know, which was the two-parter, because it was originally a two-parter. The first uh, part was the final episode of season three. The second part was the first episode of season four. But uh, apparently I ended up accidentally watching the movie version, which was fine. Um, but, oh my god, so fucking good, you know. Like, I am fully and wholly in love with uh, Star Trek The Next Generation now. 
I mean, oh, it's so damn good, man. They're just so good. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of bummed in some ways that they got Picard back. Because, like, I'm sorry, but like, you can't tell me that watching a, uh, a Enterprise commanded by Riker would not be just so fun and thrilling. Like, Riker just has such a great personality. I lo would have loved to have seen the Enterprise captained by Riker. Like, that would have been so awesome. You know, like, just as a part of me, it's like, what could have been? Because, like, during the time, from what I understand, the reason they did the two-parter and did it, like, right at the end, you know, so that the second part would be in uh, season four, um, was because, like, they had not renewed uh, uh, Patrick Stewart's contract yet, you know? They're having troubles with that. Then they were getting a new writing staff the next season, so, you know, they kind of also wanted to fuck over the writing staff. But, you know, they also just didn't know if uh, Picard was going to be back for the next season. Or, you know, Patrick Stewart, should I say, this, the actor. Um, and so, you know, uh, if a, uh, so, 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 you know, just in case they couldn't renew the contract, well, then there was an easy way to write him out. And, you know, um, there's just a, kind of a part of me that kind of wishes that contract had not been renewed, just because, like, I just would love to see a Enterprise captain by Riker, like, oh my gosh, that would have been so fun, but Picard is back, you know, and I don't know, and I like Picard, so, uh, not mourning too much, you know, so, he's a, he's a pretty good captain, you know, Picard, he's a, he's a, he's an okay captain, <laughs> only probably the best captain that Star Trek, that, uh, Starfleet has ever had, but that's besides the point, um, yeah, I, I am definitely, after this season, definitely putting Picard as the best captain, even over Kirk. My one knock of it against Kirk has always been that he's just way too fucking impulsive for his own good. Um, you know, so, like, I couldn't ever, you know, but, like, but, yeah, so, after this season, Picard is definitely, in my opinion, the better captain, so. That said, Spock is still the best, uh, for... Uh, the f best first officer, okay? No first officer is as good as Spock. So, uh, wanted to make that clear. You know, and there's actually a really interesting, I actually got on my phone a picture that I have not yet done as my wallpaper for my phone. But basically, it's a picture showing you. So, it's uh, five, five, uh, five rows and uh, five uh, columns. The first row is every captain from the original shows, you know, the original series, Next Generation, DC Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. You know, so you have all five captains. Second row is all the uh, first officers. Uh, third row, I believe, I want to say is, uh, I'm trying to think. Or is it just four rows? It might just be four rows. And the, then the third row, I think, is the engineers. And then the fourth row is the doctors. You know, and so, like, I spent a lot of time trying to think, who is the best out of each? You know, so I'm going to say right now, as it is, you know, the original five shows, Picard is the best captain. You know, so, uh, like, this is like if I had to create my own crew, you know, who I think are the best, you know, in each position. Um... I would say Picard is is the best captain. 
Spock is the best first kit officer. Uh, for engineer, I'm going to say... Uh, That's a tough one. There's Scotty. Um, there's LaForge. There's uh, Chief O'Brien. There's um, that one girl in Voyager. I forget her name. Um, was it Torres? I think it's Torres. And then there's... Um, oh, gosh. Uh, I think it was Trip. Yeah, it wasn't Trip. I think it was... Uh, yeah, I think it's Trip um, from Enterprise. Is the... Chief Engineer. Um, okay, so I know who my favorite is. You know what? We're just going to go with favorites. I'm going to have to go with Chief. I'm, I'm going to go with Chief O'Brien. I, I I just love Chief O'Brien too much. Uh, but, you know, there's a part of me that also loves um, Trip from Enterprise. But I'm going to have to go with Chief O'Brien on this one. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go with Chief O'Brien. Um, and then there's, uh, Doctors. Um, that one. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, Bones. There's Bones. Crusher. Um, let's see, who's the Doctor in, uh, DC Oh, yeah, uh, Julia Bashir, Dr. Bashir. Uh, then there was, uh, the Doctor from the Voyager. Uh, and then there's, uh, Phlox. Bones is a really good doctor, but man, does he not have a good be good bedside manner. And you can kind of say the same for the doctor. Uh, Crusher is good, but man, she can be impulsive. Uh, For me, it's got to go down between Bashir and Phlox. Um, because, like, I feel like those are the two that also, like, like, you see, like, just, like, art, like, work, or, like, I don't know, like, for the most, like, driven, you know, the two, like, it seems, like, from what I've seen, like, like, not saying all of them aren't driven, but, like, we're the ones who basically almost like sacrifice themselves for own well-beings just to ensure the well-beings of others. Like, I mean, Crusher also kind of does that. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's hard. I guess I don't really don't know what I'm saying. <sighs> I gotta go with Bashir. You know what? We're going with Bashir. That, 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 one, that one is hard to decide, but I'm going with Bashir. So yeah, that, that, that would kind of be uh, my crew, I guess. So, But yeah, so yeah, there, there, there's that. Uh, um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I don't know why I went down that tangent, but... So yeah, that's probably what I would go for, but yeah... The best of both worlds. Absolutely fantastic. Um, if you have never gotten into Star Trek Next Generation, honestly, that's a great starting point for it, um, I think. So, yeah, that was amazing. Anyway, we have been talking uh, long enough about um, 
such important things. So, uh, probably a better, probably a, probably a good thing to move on to trivial matters, such as growing authoritarianism and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's um, bigoted comments about trans people. So, you know, very trivial things. You know, Star Trek and uh, going vegan are very important things. Um, authoritarianism and Congress people who are complete uh, conspiracy theorists, bigoted nut jobs, very trivial. So that, that, that's how things work, you see. Um, but yeah, so uh, first we're going to start with the more general politics thing before we go into the more um, LGBT, especially trans-specific thing. Um, so this is a pretty horrifying story that um, don't really see people talking about very much, um, surprisingly, except for on the right, and the right is loving it, because of course they are, because they're authoritarian nuts, but you know, remember the right wing are the ones who are like, the left is so authoritarian, and now as we see, we're also the ones who are literally arresting political opponents. Because if you're not paying attention, in Texas right now, um, they're literally trying to round up and arrest Democrats. Yep, the Republican-run state are now trying to arrest their political opponents. Just in case you can't figure that out, I just realized because my clapping sounds really weird. Um, I was clapping. Going on a nice little slow clap and then going into the faster one, you know, to show just how much they fucking own themselves. So it's like, but yeah, I mean, it's just fucking crazy what's going on in Texas. Like, they are literally arresting their political opponents. And yet they had the gall to call the left authoritarian and say that it's the left who wants to throw all their political opponents into re-education camps and the gulag and everything. Seems a little bit of like self-projection to me, just just saying. Um just a just a little bit of self-projection. Maybe, just maybe it is a little bit maybe. But yeah, so um just a crazy story what's going on and just honestly a frightening story because like if Texas can get away with this, you know that other conservative states are going to attempt the same. If Texas can get away with arresting Democrats, um, other states are going to do the same and no one gives a fuck, you know, except for the right wing media, which is cheering it on. But the left wing media just fucking silent about it for the most part. It's just like we don't even care. Um, it's, it's beyond crazy and actually genuinely terrifying and it's just further proof that by the year 2030 America is going to be a full-on fascist state. I fully believe it. I I honestly don't see any hope that America is going to avoid fascism. I genuinely believe by 2030 we are going to be a full-on fascist state. Um, you might as well start calling these the Nazi states of America if I'm being honest. Um, this is something I genuinely believe of every fiber of my being. I just don't see any evidence that we are moving away from fascism. And once again, you know, we're saying that the state is getting away with literally just arresting for political opponents. So, 
you know, and honestly, the worst response to it, so it's like, you know, I retweeted a tweet, I think it was from The Hill, about it, you know, it's like, you know, and I, and I posted, you know, the right, left is authoritarian, also the right, literally arrest political opponents, and some dipshit, you know, responded to me saying, they're lost, toots, and it's just like, because what we're referring to is that uh, apparently, like, this was a, like, uh, a special session, and the Democrats skipped town during the special session because, like, uh, they were trying to um, push through because the Republicans were trying to push through the to through the state house um, uh, a, a anti-voter suppression law, you know. And you know, the Democrats if they all left town. That meant there would have been not enough people to people to actually be on the floor for them to even vote on it. So they went to Washington D.C. And apparently, like, they signed something saying, like, hey, you know, um, we will not leave town. And so now Abbott is trying to give them a recipe for breaking it. But it's just like, yeah, there are laws. But guess what? Uh, laws don't mean, don't, don't, don't mean shit. Let's be honest. Um, laws do not equal morality or ethics. Okay? You can, like, if, you're, if your justification for being immoral is that there are laws. Well, guess what? Literally anything can be then made moral. Like, if laws are what make something immoral or immoral, then literally anything can be justified as long as there's a law. You know, one time back in the 1940s during World War II, here in America, we had laws saying it was okay to intern uh, Japanese Americans. It was okay for us to throw Japanese Americans into literal concentration camps. These were actual laws taught, you know, in the 1940s. And we rounded up Japanese-Americans and threw them in concentration camps. Um, of course, you know, you're never going to hear that in an American school today because, you know, it's kind of an ugly part of our history and we don't want to admit that, you know, kind of like the Nazis, you know, and that and the fact that, you know, Americans absolutely adored the Nazis back then. Like, look that up. The Nazis were super fucking popular here in America in the 30s. Basically... Up until World War II started. You know, that is when we entered the war. Not when World War II started. When World War II started, we still liked the Nazis. Um, it wasn't until Japanese, Japan bombed us that we uh, started hating the Nazis. Because, you know, we were kind of going to war against them. But up until then, Americans loved the Nazis, you know. Um, we, thought, we thought Adolf Hitler was a great guy, you know. Doing, you know, doing God's work over in Germany. Um... You know, uh, but yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We we for Japanese people into fucking concentration camps. Uh, you know, so does that make that moral? Well, hey, law says Japanese go to concentration camps, and we try to you know kind of get rid of them. You know, uh, therefore moral. Really, really, having the law in the books makes it. Moral, okay. Um, how about right now in China? Uh, there are laws that you know allow them to uh throw weaker Muslims into uh concentration camps and uh genocide them basically, you know, um, kill them off. Does that make that moral? Uh, there are laws in uh, Saudi Arabia that allow them to uh dismember journalists. Is that moral? Uh, you know, um. There are laws in Russia that allow them, you know, 
do, you know, just do a, a whole lot of sh just horrible shit to her own civilians, you know. Raid them for really no reason, you know, torture them, you know, just all that shit. Does that make that moral? Because if you're arguing this at, well, there are laws. Sorry, I accidentally uh, knocked over my water bottle. My metal water bottle. So hopefully you did not hear that. But anyway, so it's like... Lies. Stop trying to use... It's the law as a justification. Okay? It, it's such a childish way of thinking. Go on morals and ethics. That's like you... Think about the morality of what's going on. Not... What's the law? Because there's a lot of things that are the law and aren't moral. There was one time there was the law that slaves were, you know, that, you know, that black people were subhuman and they were slaves. And if the slave ran away, uh, they could be caught and returned to the slave owner, you know? Um, and that anybody who helped a slave get away could be high hung, you know? Um... Was that moral? If you think that was, and uh, um, kind of got some problems, and I'd like to uh, talk to you a little bit about that, you know, I think that's something you know we should probably talk about. If you think that slavery was moral, you know, um, white person to white person, you know, if I should, you know, might be behoove us, you know, for me to explain to you um, why that's not, you know, slavery isn't a good thing, you know. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, so it's like, it, it's fucking stupid to use, well, it's the law, it's a justification, okay? Like, if, you know, it's the law, it's your justification for, you know, uh, basically ridding of your political opposition, uh, kind of bit of a, kind of showing your hand as a authoritarian nut, just saying. Like, you're the authoritarian. Like, this is, like, beyond just owning the libs. This is literally ridding of the libs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it really just shows what, who the right really is. They hate anybody who is not, you know, is not white, cis, cisgender, heterosexual, rich, male, you know, and Christian. They want you gone. And these people never stop no, and nothing to do it. You know, these are authoritarian nuts that we are dealing with. People who have no respect for our human rights. Uh, it's honestly kind of fucking terrifying. But yeah, this is where we are in America now. We are um, quickly uh, head or diving headlong into a authoritarian hellhole state. So, yay! Okay. Okay. You know, and, and it's so funny right now just watching the same people who are clapping, you know, arresting of Democrats, you know, departing the Democrats in the Texas right now, just uh, sitting here and applauding the Cuban people right now, you know, just like, and also just doing it so disingenuously, like misconstruing whatever the Cuban people are even fighting protesting over you and not like see fighting against authoritarianism in Cuba and it's like yeah but you're authoritarian in Texas 
you know, and you know, and they, they love how we're saying that this is, you know, some anti-communist um, protest going on in Cuba, which, first off, it's not. Um, first off, Cuba is not communist or socialist, it's authoritarian. Um, authoritarian, like, communism and socialism are not authoritarian. They are, like, literally the exact opposite. Um, you can claim to be anything, you know, like, 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 right, like, the Soviet Union was not communist, it was just authoritarian, you know, like, I'm sorry, but no, it's not a communist socialist, I don't care if they say they are, if they're not, it, like, everything that the Cuban government does is the exact opposite of socialism and communism, you know, but you say, you know, first of all, these are not even, uh, anti-communist, um, arguments, now let's pretend it, that, you know, this fucked up world created by the right wing is true and that this is communism, that uh, is Cuba. Um, these are still not anti-communist um, uh, arguments, you know. Um, basically, you know, uh, let's be honest, what these are basically are kind of basically anti-American policy arguments. Uh, protests, you know, because they are upset over how the Cuban government has been handling COVID. And they do want, you know, more rights, but they aren't necessarily fighting against the political system itself. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. You know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, in Asavar, you know, protesting the, the economic situation there, which has been created by America and Israel, you know, because we are blockading Cuba. Uh, you know, I think it was, uh, when was it, last year, I think, or was it this year, where, uh, you know, in the UN, 129 countries, you know, voted for America and Israel to stop blockading um, Cuba. The USA and Israel were the only um, votes against that. But no, we won't stop. You know, we are literally the cause of Cuba's problems for the most part. Same thing in Venezuela, you know, for the most part. Um... It's because of our economic sanctions against Cuba. They have created a lot of these economic problems. Um, you know, because, uh, like, I'm sorry, sanctions don't work. They don't, like, they never, they, they only ever hurt the people, never the government itself. The government is not hurt by sanctions. The people are. You, like, we are why people are starving in Venezuela. We are why people are starving in Cuba. You know, we are why people are suffering in Cuba, you know, a major part of why, you know, at least economically. It's just like, this is, this is a we problem, not a them, you know, and they are protesting against this, you know. Um, I mean, we are why people are suffering. It's just like, it's so fucking evil. I mean, it's honestly just evil. But yeah, so, uh, there's that, uh. Kind of went off on a tangent there about Cuba, if I did not intend to, but, you know, um, because you kind of got to talk about some of that stuff sometimes. Um, let me see here. So we got a quick little article uh, to talk about. Not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but it's from LGBTQ Nation. Of course, you can find the link to it in the description uh, or the show notes. Um, and it's uh, titled, Marjorie Taylor Greene demands child be taken for away from, quote-unquote, unnatural transparency. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Republican from Georgia, 
is demanding a baby or year move from her family because her parents are transgender. This is child abuse, she wrote on Twitter. And let me see. So she writes, this is, and then in all caps, child abuse. And she ends with, uh, with she ends it with five exclamation points. So, you know, this is child abuse. She wrote on Twitter, this baby is in danger. Remove this child immediately. So yeah, because uh, people are born different, a baby is now in danger. A danger of what? What is the baby in danger of, Marjorie? What is the baby in danger of? Having loving parents? What, what, Marjorie? What is the baby in danger of? Just ridiculous. Anyway, uh, continuing on. She posted a clip from the Facebook watch show, Nine Months of Courtney Cox, which followed several families throughout her pregnancies. One of the couples featured on the show is Ahuna. Is Ahuna? Ahunu. Ahunu. That's how I'm, I think it's pronounced. And Patrona. A trans-masculine father who carried for baby and a trans woman who is the baby's mother. Green posted a very brief clip about Patrona talking about how she tried to breastfeed her bad child but couldn't produce milk. Some trans women can nurse babies. So Patrona had reason to try. In the clip, she says that she'll use formula to feed for babies. It's hard to see what a harm a mother trying to feed breastfeed for baby can cause since she switched to formula when she saw it wasn't working, but Green didn't see it that way. Referring to Patrona's desire to breastfeed as this man's unnatural fantasies. Uh, no, they're not actually unnatural. Um, surprisingly, uh, mothers, uh, you know, oftentimes desire to breastfeed for children. Uh, um, you know, so I don't know what's unnatural about that. Like, like, are you, like, are you, like, like, okay, Marjorie, like, maybe you didn't want to breastfeed your kids, you know? Like, the only thing I could come up with, you know, to make this make any sense is that you didn't want to breastfeed your kids. You found that repulsive somehow. And, uh, and you know, so therefore you see that as unnatural. So, uh, that's the only thing that makes sense here. So, um, so she continues. Men cannot give birth or breastfeed, Groen wrote. Neither of those statements are true. They are mentally unstable. So, no, uh, for, so yeah, as I mentioned, uh, men can give birth. Um, you know, we literally had this trans male father uh, literally give birth. So, you know, um, yes, yeah, men can give birth. It's happened before and it's going to happen many, many more times. Just saying. Um, so, so yes, we can actually see that men give birth. So, so sorry, Taylor. Uh, and uh, men can actually breastfeed. It's happened. So, <laughs> like, well, what do you say? Like, she's literally denying reality here. Like, 
And it's 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 crazy, man. Like it's it's fucking crazy. She is a sitting member of Congress, like who believes in QAnon and Jewish space lasers causing wildfires in California, and that you know the uh, that that school shooting in Florida. What was I forget what the school was. Um, didn't happen. Like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? I mean, this is how dumb uh, Americans are. You know, this is. How dumb our fellow citizens here in America are. I mean, for those who are listening who are American, because I recognize there's a decent chunk of the audience listening who aren't in America. In fact, my second largest audience is India, from India. So, hello, those listening from India. Hello, how you doing? Um, thanks for being my second largest audience. And by quite a margin, um, the third largest audience, which is from the UK, is quite a ways down. Um, there are literally double the amount of listeners from India than there are in the third place country, uh, the UK. So, uh, hello, uh, hello, Indian listeners, and you know, just listeners around the world, because I know I have some listeners from like African countries, and you know, like, and a few from Canada and stuff like that. But anywho, um. Like, this is how stupid our fellow citizens are, you know? People voted for her. And now she's in Congress. This, this country is fucked, man. I mean, this country is just fucked. This is why I think we're going straight into, uh... Uh, um... Straight into, uh, um... Fascism. But anyway, she continues. Um, she so the article continues. She pair she shared a post from GOP congressional candidate, congressional candidate Liz Doy, who referred to Ahanu and Petrona as two men. So in other words, so this is an interesting kind of trans bigotry. So Ahanu, the trans male, they view him as a man. But Patrona is also a man, you know, the trans woman, so. They see trans men as men. Okay. And so you just said that uh, men can't give birth. And yet you see Ahanu as a man. What? What? <laughs> I, my mind cannot wrap this levels of derangement and stupidity and being removed from any base of reality. Like, so you see Hanu as a man and he gives birth. And you say that men can't give birth. Okay, um, might behoove you to stick to more general, uh, you know, more standard forms of bigotry, because your current form of transphobia makes literally no sense at all, even from a transphobic, uh, point of view. Just saying, um, bigot better, please, um. 
The Emmy, anyway, continued the article, uh, the Emmy nominee series from Mahanu and Patrona for the pregnancy and afterwards allowing them to share some of the difficulties they face, including for attempts to get a non-gendered birth certificate for the child. Trans women can be mothers, Patrona says in one episode. We are mothers. I am your mother, she tells her baby in tears. It's fucking beautiful, man. This is fucking beautiful. But yeah, anyway, let's uh, end this uh, episode out with a good news story. So, uh, because, you know, there is good news going on in this world, despite how dark it seems. So, um, so this is from Good News Network. The title is, Volunteers in India Do It Again, Planting 250 Million Saplings in a Day. Um, so, in just a single day, Indians have, have planted an impressive quarter billion tree saplings in request to clean the air. Whereas mass tree planting operations around the globe are receiving more and more skepticism for their actual impacts on climate stabilization, the last four major plantings in the state of... Uh, I'm going to butcher how this is pronounced so badly, so I am so sorry. Uttar Pradesh... Uh, that's what we're going with. I'm so sorry. I know I'm butchering that. Uh, but I think it's Uttar Pradesh. Uh, U-T-T-A-R space capital P-R-A-D-E-S-H. Yeah. Have climbed to an impressive average sapling survival rate of 80%. As Peter Wollobin, the renowned German forester and author of The Secret Life of Trees, or woody neighbors that need an average of 50 years of growing before any carbon can actually be considered sequestered. So that, so the fact that many of Udars, Pradesh's new trees are now for going on five means there's a much better chance for them to survive pests, droughts, or other dangers to become contributing members of tree society. Among riverbanks and highways, along farms, schools, and in forests, Sunday saw millions of red residents on the of the most populous Indian state, continue what is now a yearly tradition. A year ago, 20 million saplings were planted along the Ganges, um, Ganges, I think it is. We are committed to increasing the forest cover of Uttar Pradesh to over 15% of the total land area in the next five years, said state forest official Manaj Singh. According to DW, the forest cover of the state has increased over the last few years. There's been an increase of 127 square kilometers, or that is uh, 79 square miles, um, in the forest cover of in Uttar Pradesh as compared to 2017. A state government spokesperson was quoted as saying in the Indian Express newspaper, Mass tree plantings have been launched as an easy and expensive method of drawing carbon from the atmosphere. Hundreds of millions of trees being planted in countries around the world, including in China, Pakistan, India, Madagascar, and the say nations of Sahil, especially Ethiopia and Senegal, GNN has reported. Geotagged of QR codes, forest officials can man monitor plantation survival rates and maintain records of success and failure at individual sites. Um, such efforts will be indispensable in India, which plans to expand its tree cover by 95 million hectares by 2030. So yeah, bravo to those in India right now. And for amazing efforts to uh, plant more trees to help uh, create a more, a better uh, climate. So, okay, legitimately, let me get a uh, round of applause for these people. Like, just, 
this is amazing, man. I mean, we need more of these efforts everywhere in the world, especially in uh, Western countries where we are uh, just indiscriminately cutting down our forests. So, yeah, I mean, this is just beautiful, man. Just fucking beautiful. So, congratulations to all those involved. So, anyway, that is everything I got for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please support it. We either, we have links in the show notes or description um, for any place to support it, such as Ko-Fi. We are now on Subscribescar and Ko-Fi, Patreon, Cash App, Email. Um, you please email. I want to please contact me through social media or email. I'd love to hear from my listeners, so please, please do contact, you know. Um, send in a voice message, you know. Um, you'll find that in the show notes and description. And yeah, uh, have a wonderful day, everyone. Uh, Peace.